Do you ever have one of those days when uh, things don't turn out as you planned or expected? You know, you set out in the morning and you've got a long list of things to do and come night time when you, when you get in your bed, you realise that you haven't done any of them. Do you ever get days like that? Days that are confusing. Days when, you know, you wish you could sort of get up and start again somehow. Roughly speaking, seven days a week. It's like that, isn't it? You know, the road through Mark's gospel is paved with those kind of days, with those kind of experiences. And in almost every scene, in almost every conversation, someone gets hold of the wrong end of the stick. There's confusion. They find God coming at them from differing directions, that, from that which they expected. Or they have the bubble of their pomposity burst by God's vision for the kingdom of God. Two of Jesus' friends ask him to do whatever they ask, only to be told that... Uh, he says that's something that he's not in a position to do. And then a rich ruler walks away from Jesus wondering how on earth he can fold his camel up and shove it through the eye of a needle. Those who try to protect Jesus from unwanted attention, you know that's children, isn't it? Those who try to protect Jesus from unwanted attention, where well, they find that he actually welcomes that sort of interruption. Little ones are blessed, healed, vindicated, whilst those who thought that they had life worked out, well, they end up scratching their heads and tending their wounds. And now, in our reading today that Helen read so beautifully for us from Mark chapter 12, Jesus teaches that those who were giving vastly larger amounts are actually giving less than a lowly widow who only gave two of the very smallest of coins. Now, the contrast between the self-serving lawyers and the widow, that it couldn't be greater. And Mark's weaving of these two stories together that we read is surely no accident. Jesus presents the scribes and the lawyers as focusing upon themselves. They want to be seen. They want to be congratulated they want to be well thought of. They want people to say good things about them. They are, Jesus says, totally self-absorbed. But before you get carried away with criticism, let's not forget that these folk were the religious people, you and me. They were the ones who go to church week in and week out. And also, let's not forget that nearly every congregation has people like that in it. And I leave you to look round the church this morning to see who they are, friends. And then you can come and tell me afterwards. Oh, we're so grateful. We're so grateful that we're not like other people. 
Oh, look how much we've given. Just look how much we do. All churches have got them, you know. My dear old mum, long since passed on, and uh, she would come to church uh, very uh, uh, obediently and a committed Christian, and she'd come to church, we'd have a wonderful time, and then when we get home, she'd say, well, did you see so-and-so's hat? And what on earth was Brenda wearing today? And do you know so-and-so? And listen to her. And in the end, I used to say to her, Mum, why on earth do you go to church? But maybe that's a question that we should all be asking. Why do we come to church? Why do we gather in this place to worship? Oh, it's very nice. And we like it. And it's much cheaper than keeping the heating on at home. But why do we come to church? What about that lowly widow? Could there be a picture of someone more selfless than her? She didn't give out of the abundance of her wealth. She gave from the very depths of her being. Her giving was selfless. It was sacrificial. And to me, this section of Mark's Gospel, it isn't rocket science. It's about the kind of faith that we are called upon to own. Faith in a risen Lord Jesus Christ. It isn't a self-absorbed faith. It's, it's a faith that digs deep. A faith which is sacrificial. A faith which bears the cross of Jesus Christ. And we are called to a faith that isn't about us. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about what and how we give to God. And it's about the amazing riches that God grants us. Our calling is to be loving, to be living and giving sacrificially. You know, God is totally gracious to us. And he desires the same attitude from us in our giving and in our support to his agenda in this his world. Church of Jesus Christ, to which we are blessed to be part, was commissioned to continue Christ's work until he returns. And it requires our financial giving, and our personal giving. Our full, unconditional commitment. But be clear, friends, our motive and our giving, our response in faith, matters to God. You know, in the temple, there was a section, it was called the Court of Women. I find that title scary, don't you? The Court of Women. And it was a place where both men and women were allowed to come, and it was where uh, the temple treasury was located. And the Bible says that Jesus sat down on a bench where he could watch the people. And they brought their offerings and they put them in what one commentary uh, describes as trumpet-shaped collection boxes. And these boxes were used for the purpose of receiving various dues, various tithes and the free will offering of the people. Offerings which of course were used 
uh, to sustain the temple worship and uh, other services, of course. And Jesus deliberately took a bench and he observed how people gave. Everyone. No one escaped his attention. Even the poor widow, of course. I wonder, what do you think? Does God observe what we give today? Does God, more importantly, observe the way that we give today, the reason that we give today? I believe wholeheartedly that he does. For giving in worship is our response to God's revelation of himself. It's our response to God's graciousness in our lives by saving and sustaining each and every one of us that gives us the opportunity to give. And in worship, we express that gratefulness through prayer, through praise, and through giving. And the movement of our activities in worship is from self to God. The attitude isn't, what can we get from it? But rather, what are we ready to give to God as an expression of our thankfulness? Our giving matters to God. And he looks at each and every one of us closely, seeing not only what we give, but rather how we give and the reason we give. Jesus uh, appreciated the generosity and the sacrifice of that poorly widow lady. Of course, in a modern world, uh, widows are, are held in very, very high regard. Praise be. And we have things like allowances and benefits and pensions, etc. And so they can lead fulfilled lives. But in biblical days, it wasn't like that. They had to look after themselves. They had no financial support, and if they didn't have perhaps family or friends, they often floundered. They were marginalised in the society, which is why so often in Scripture um, the plight of the widow is called to our attention. And when Jesus sees this widow offering two small mites, given from the depths of her heart, her faith thrills his heart. Yes, God is pleased when someone gives generously and sacrificially. But be clear, it's not the portion, but rather the proportion of our giving that matters. For the rich, their gifts are a small contribution. But for the widow, her gift was a true consecration of her whole life. She gave totally in a spirit of sacrifice and commitment. The rich gave out of their abundance. Their comforts weren't affected. Their luxuries weren't hurt or harmed. But on the part of the poor widow, her passionate commitment to God was evident in her giving. To some, what the poor widow did was rather silly. It was foolishness. She only had two coins to her name, we're read. But she gave everything. She gave her all as a demonstration of her faith. 
You know, a church treasurer uh, once stood up at a church meeting, uh, as they do on occasions, and he made quite a startling announcement. He said, dear friends, dear members, uh, he said, we have more than enough money to do everything we want as a church. And the whole congregation clapped. Wonderful, praise be. He said, the trouble is, it's all in your purses and wallets. (laughs) You know, every church needs financial resourcing. Just ask our treasurer, Paul, he'll tell you all about that. And yes, we are called upon to give as we are able. However, it's the motive for our giving that matters to God. Not the amount that we contribute, but the reason that we give. What we can in faith. And so, my dear friends, let me be sure to give generously and cheerfully. It says in Scripture that God loves a cheerful giver. And let's be sure to always give for the right reasons, to give in faith as a response to God's love, remembering, as we, as we mentioned earlier, that the more we give, the more we share of God's love, the more God blesses us. And let's be sure to f- be faithful in our giving, not wandering away, but giving freely and faithfully. For when in faith, We humbly give as much or as little as we're able. We'll surely know the wonder and the richness of our Heavenly Father's never-ending love, for which we cry aloud, thanks be to God. Amen.